On this episode of Stampin' Chance Boxing, we are going back to this weekend. We had Sonny Edwards, Bam Rodriguez. We had David Morrell fight on the last Showtime card of the year. Also, Jake Paul made an appearance this weekend. So, guys, to find out all the details, all the results of this, and what's happening in the world of boxing, make sure to tune in to Stampin' Chance. Welcome back to another episode of Samp and Chance, the last episode before Christmas. I'm Bobby Sampson, and I'm joined with my man with the master plan, Mr. Chance, Michael's Chance. How are you, man, on this week before Christmas? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? Can't All right. Um, it's Thursday, so here we go. You know, boxing, we, we have an amazing card coming up. We have two big fights coming up at the end of this year. Uh, but the biggest of the biggest is happening this Saturday. We'll touch on that, I guess. But other than that, man, yeah, easy week. Yeah, it's the best time of year. It's a good time of year. All the lights are up. Kids are happy. Some good boxing, some good football coming up, some, a little bit of basketball. So, yeah, it's an awesome time of year. There you go. There you go. Yeah, baseball winter meetings are going to probably start pretty soon, or they've already started, I guess. So, you know, some things coming out of there. Otani's 100, 100 days. So the regular season starts, so it's coming. I wonder which I think soccer, football slash soccer has the shortest off season. Yeah, they do. They, they it seems like they play all year round almost. They don't, but it's that's what it seems like. Well, EPL plays up until May, but then you have your internationals, this or that, and they're back in training camp in July. Yeah. So yeah, they there you go. They're super good athletes. Yes, sir. Well, I tell you what, brother man, we are here to talk boxing. So why don't we just get to it and get right into the main topic of discussion here, dude? I want to start with Bam and Edwards. Uh, that was the fight that I was looking forward to the most, and it truly did deliver. Uh, so let's get this round started, and here we go. What were your takeaways from that fight? Well, usually the flyways don't get a lot of attention, so it's good to, for them to get some attention this time. I mean. The only thing is I noticed, if, well, a bunch of things, but we've got to keep it short because we only got three minutes here. But uh, I'm not sure why. The first four rounds were even had it 2-2. Two, two. It's the fifth round when um, Bam started taking off, started dominating the fight. I'm not sure why Edwards wanted to go toe-to-toe with him. When your middle name is Bam Bam, you don't want to go toe-to-toe. But, you know, Edwards is tough. He's a good fighter. He lost his IBF belt there. Now, Bam Bam is a scary, scary guy for his size. He's a good prospect. You know, they're saying that the corner threw in the towel, but if you read his social media posts after, he's basically acknowledging that he didn't want anymore, which is no shame in that. He's an honest guy about it, but uh, it was a great fight. Um, yeah. But standing toe-to-toe with Bam and not having a different game plan, I'm not sure why they were doing that. Yeah, well, but here's where, the way I looked at it, man. You, everything you said, point on, man. I can't take any – there's nothing to argue there. You're right. Uh, here's the way I looked at it. You know, Bam walks away with the IBF WBO titles. And you know what? It's great that he won it because the other belt was mailed to him. And there's a lot of criticism for guys who get the belt mailed to them, AKA Devin Haney. Right. Mm. So, you know, and once you kind of have that kind of, maybe that's something he hasn't shaken yet, Haney, who knows, but back to this fight though, anyways, you know, he was just outperformed. Literally outperformed in every aspect. I mean, I think the one problem is, is that in every other fight prior to this, his speed and his skill set was always better than anyone else he fought. I'm speaking about Edwards, but here he came across a guy that nullified that speed and nullified that that skill set. The other thing was 
that that cut that he got under his right his, under his left eye, I believe it was in the second round. Well, his orbit, he got a broken orbital bone. Yeah, he was seeing double vision. He yeah. was blurred. He couldn't so, see. So he couldn't see. But again, to his toughness, why would he stand in the pocket with this guy and just take the beating that he did? I think it just came down to pride that that Englishman pride that he carries, right? Yeah, like, you know. So, bam, take nothing away from him. He demonstrated why he is Bam Rodriguez. Thanks so he- for bringing that up. There's another example of a Mexican coming into England and beating them on their home turf. It's happened quite a bit over the last few years. So. Right, I'm not right. sure what that is, but it seems that the Mexicans have the upper hand when they travel to England, and this time, it's, it's looked good. It's a different fighting style. I mean, if you think about it, boxing in a way is very different. This, this English style of fighting is different than the Mexican style of fighting, opposed to the Americans. You know what I mean? It's kind mm-hmm. of like Italian football is more finesse, where where EPL is more, you know, hard-hitting, like NHL. You know what I mean? So, it's just the different styles just don't combine. And I think the English guys need to take a look at that a little bit more, but overall, yeah, man. I mean, I said that Bam would probably, if he wins in knockout, it's going to be on the ninth, 10th round. And sure enough, it did happen, but just the way he went down, that was pretty crazy. Yeah. He took a lot of punishment, man. I give Edwards credit, but yeah, he knew after the 10th that that was it. He didn't want to come out. And I don't blame the guy the corner through the towel, but he was, if you watch it closely at the time, I didn't know, but I went back and watched it again. Yeah. He, Edwards was, he said no more. But I think he did. And I don't fault the guy. He couldn't see. He got a broken orbital bone. He was done. Yeah. No, there, there was, um, you know, what, what can you say? I mean, ultimately, the guy came out to fight. He fought hard. He stood in the pocket where he shouldn't have been standing. Um, but ultimately, I think from, from that second round on, once that he landed, that it was kind of on the back foot a little bit. But staying yeah. in the pocket, but taking a beating nonetheless. It's amazing how much power, you know, that reach also had to play an effect as well. Six inches of reach is a big, big advantage. Right? So, he, behind, he was hit, hit behind the jab and just beat the crap out of him. Four and rounds were good. And after that, just, uh, yeah, he just got worked. There you go. All right, man. Let's move on to the next. It was kind of cool, though. I'll just end with this. That card was just full of the little guys, man. Insane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a fun night. Fun night. Um, let's move on, man. David Morrell wins. In convincing fashion, it only took him two rounds to do it against Aguibo. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Uh, also on that card, we had uh, Venezuela Real uh, making, you know, what do you call it? Uh, getting back that loss that he got yeah, against Colbert great. back in March. This time he did it convincingly with a knockout. Showtime's last show before they head off to Prime. Your thoughts on the fight, man? On which one? The morale fight, fight. The, yeah. The morale fight. I mean, he's beating up a guy that he should beat up. And Beko, however you say his name from God, he's a great guy, first class guy. Should never been in the ring with David Morrell. David Morrell is a young, good, tough prospect. He looks good, but he hasn't beat any real competition yet. He wants to fight Benavidez. He should wait, fight somebody else first, step up the competition because, you know, Abeko was no match for him. You could see Abeko didn't want to be there. He's in there for a quick payday. Morel looks good. He's got all the skill in the world. He's tough, but he finished him quicker than I thought. But, I mean, Abeko shouldn't even be in the ring with him. So, he's calling out Benavidez, but he should just wait, slow down, step up your competition a little bit, and then fight somebody else. But Morel's if, if he keeps this up, he's going to be a top, top contender. He looks great. He's always fast, strong. But I feel bad for Abeko. He didn't have a, a hope in hell. No, no, he didn't. He didn't at all. Um, on, on that fight, and, you know, to kind of just expand on what you're saying there, I just find it really interesting that, you know, David came off this fight looking very dominant, looking very good against a decent competition, right? Um, but now, you know, everyone's just kind of throwing dirt 
at him saying that he should fight morale this 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 and this i don't get it in that sense like you're right he needs to fight more quality guys like if you look at his resume he's 10 fights what's what's the best fighter on there nobody right? nobody so nobody, nobody, nobody that's a thing he hasn't moved up and we saw that earlier this year with big baby with with big baby right with jared anderson I mean, yeah. he he fought and fought and fought all year, and you know all the fights he had, and was like, "Oh, he should be here. He should be here." Goes in against an aging gatekeeper, but almost gets beaten. Yeah, right. So yeah. you know, I don't see, I don't understand why people don't see that perspective or understand it. Like, I'm not saying you know this guy deserves this or this, but ultimately, at the end of the day, you're fighting. You do, you're not ready for that fight. No, take they gotta just take Morel slow. He's only I think believe twenty six. Let him have a step up the competition a little bit, and if he looks good in dominance, which, which I think he will, then you can fight a Benavidez or a Charlo or whoever you want. But he's not quite ready yet. No, no, not at all. Because yeah, if you go from a Beckwith to Benavidez, that's like going from a Honda to a Ferrari. You need you need to drive a middle class car first. Before you get yeah, that yeah. power. You need to slow down. Hundred percent. And Ray, man, very quickly before this round ends, he he um got back the loss uh looking strong i mean or did just colbert look weak uh well colbert stepped straight the first thing you, you learn in boxing is never step straight back in a straight line he stepped straight back and straight long and he got the straight line he got cold cocked when he passed out got knocked out through the ropes i was hoping he was okay because it looked like he was hurt they say run it back there's no need to run it back i thought venezuela won the first fight this fight he destroyed him no need to run it back amazing performance exciting fight most exciting fight of the night yeah, you know, 100%. I have to agree with you there completely. And let's move on to the third fight of this weekend. Another walk in the park. Um, Jake Paul, man, destroying August, Andre August there, man. Just, just wow. One punch uppercut over in the first two minutes of the first round. Yeah, he threw the jab and he threw the uppercut. But here's the thing that people are missing. So we're saying Andre August is 10, 1, and 1. So he's had 12 fights, right? Yeah. But here's the thing. Being behind these boxing scenes and being at these MMA fights that I am, I know the promoters. What happens is a lot of the times you'll call the promoter and say, hey, I got this fighter. Let's say his name is Bob. Put Bob on your card. Okay. I wanted to pad the record. So what they've been doing, they've been padding Andre August's record. He's ne- He's got 12 fights and only five KOs. If you're a prospect, like him, you would have eight or nine KOs at the lower level coming up. Right when I read his record, he didn't have hope in hell. I thought he lasted a little bit longer, but uh, they padded his record. You could tell he looked scared. I don't even know if he'll fight again, but Jake did what he had to do. It's his play plan, and uh, he took Andre August to school, and he got smashed. Well, so I mean, it's, for Jake. yeah, you almost knew going into this fight, just listening to the commentators talk and everything about it, like you don't really hear them ever really mention the guy's mental state walking in to the arena mm-hmm. or how he looks walking in. They knew right off the bat, like I think this whole week shook him. He wasn't like he tried oh, yeah, his he best. Was bright lights. He wasn't ready for it. He wasn't ready for any of this. This was just like, I don't know, uh, Augustus Gloop getting locked in Charlie, uh, Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory and, and everyone going home for the weekend. You know what I mean? It was just way too much for this guy. And it really showed um, different circumstances. I don't blame I don't blame Andre for taking the fight. I mean, he just wants to get paid. I, I can't fault him for that. But yeah, his record is very, very padded. He only has five knockouts. In 12 fights. And if you're an upcoming prospect, there should be seven to eight at least. So that's when I knew he just goes to the local pro fights, lower level pro fights, and they're padding his record, padding his record, moving him along like we do out here all the time. Yeah. So um, 
when, when I looked at that, I'm thinking to myself, okay, so what's the state of the Golden Gloves? And if, I mean, they keep hyping off as a Golden Gloves guy, this and that. So is the competition down there really that bad too now? Or, or is this just a fact of a guy Depends. not? Every Golden Gloves is different, right? At different levels wherever you go. But I know for a fact, like we have guys that box here 13 and 1, 13 and 2 as pros. They get smashed by Jake Paul. Yeah, it, uh, but at what level are, are they fighting these guys? That's part of well, it too. Andre thing, just maybe I mean, he knew somebody and then he got in somehow. I'm not sure how he got how they picked him well, of all the guys. It's kind of like you look at some of the guys who have like you know 70 and something records, right? Like Canelo, for example. Mm -hmm. I mean, you got to think the first 20 guys that he fought in his career were all basically of that elk, right? Absolutely. But, but not in his take, record. But but taking nothing away from Canelo, don't get me wrong. It's completely you know, coal and diamond comparison, right? Sort of a deal. Mm. But, you know, it's just the same thing. It's just, I think this kid just got caught up. Do you think it would have been different? Or, I mean, the outcome might not have been different, but do you think it would have lasted longer if it wasn't such a big spotlight? No, I just think he was outskilled, outmatched. Jake hits hard. Everybody says that. Even Angel Lozano came on here, who sparred with Jake, told us how hard he hits. So yeah. I don't think so. He was just in there for a quick pay and a puncher's chance. And I don't blame the guy, but I don't think you'll see Andre August around much. Not All on right. not a... On the main platform, but good for Jake though. He did what he had to do. He won. His brother and all them were there. Tyrone Woodley was commentating, which I thought was funny. The guy that he's already beat, but well, Tyrone, good, Tyrone, good Tyrone knows where to make where he can make money, right? Or you can't yeah. fault the guy either. Um, all right, so that basically wraps up the whole weekend there, man. But before we move on to the preview of the big card of the weekend, um, Colby Cummington kind of looked like. Andre August a little bit, man, in his fight as well. I, I just do that comparison because Jake's fight ended just as that one was kind of coming, or sorry, um, Bam and them were just ending as the main event came on and that guy looked like he didn't know where he was. Yeah, he's getting older. He's 35. He hasn't fought that much. You know, he looks slow. Yeah. He looks sluggish. He lost. That's butt kick. Simple as that. There you it go. Happened. There somebody's got to win. Somebody's got to lose. But yeah, he got dominated. He looks slow. There you go. Old. Oh. The day before Christmas Eve, we have the Day of Reckoning. Uh, this card has been put together very, very fast. Uh, it just shows you what the Saudis can accomplish when push comes to shove, or it just shows you how easy money makes everything happen. Um, crazy card here, man. We have Deontay Wilder, Joseph Parker. We have Joshua versus Otto Wolin. And we have Dimitri Bivo against, um, help me out here. Lyndon Arthur. Lyndon Arthur. Uh, the rest of the card it looks pretty solid, too. Um, the one fight that I am looking forward to is the Dubois fight. Um, yeah, he's on there, too. Uh, that fight looks pretty good, too. Who is he fighting again, brother? Sorry. My notes are all jumbled I can't here. remember now, but I, I, didn't, I didn't look that far down. He, he was the guy who was always fighting. He was supposed to fight Joshua instead of Ruiz in New York. I'm not sure, dude. I only look. I only studied the top three fights. Okay, so anyways, I'm let's sure get into it. Um, I don't think we need to talk much about the Joseph Parker fight. I think that we just already know how that's going to end. There's just nothing to break down for me, anyways. Unless you have something you want to add to that. No, not really. I mean, it should be a pretty straightforward fight for him, but you never right. know. And, I mean, in terms of Linden, I mean, this guy's getting a very, very lucky opportunity. He has a puncher chance. But, again, another fight, which I just, we, I think it's really safe to assume. We already know 
the outcome of. But the, the problem with Bibble, Bibble's fights are boring, right? So he got to put on a little bit of a, hopefully he puts on a little bit of a, an exciting fight, right? Because he wins and stuff. And sure, if you're a purist, you love it. But the average guy, it's boring what he does, right? He he schools him. But, uh, you know, well, Bibble hasn't fought in 13 months since Ramirez. So he's going to yeah. be a little rusty. He's 32 now. He needs to be more active. He wants to fight better BF. He wants to fight the winner of better BF and Callum Smith. Um, but better be as almost 39 years old. So um, Bivol should he, win. Should, I think Bivol win a decision, but hopefully he comes out with a little bit of flash. Yeah. Because he is boring to watch. Yeah, yeah. So the most interesting fight of this card for me, the one I'm watching most closely is Joshua against Otto Wolin. Uh The reason I'm saying that is because this is the one fight I feel on this on the top tier of the card that is, that I look at, he can actually lose this fight. Like that's the way I look at it, because Wolin's no joke. He he pushed Fury. He cut him up nicely. He did uh, in between fight one and two of the Wilder series. I, yep. I just feel that if there's an upset to be made, this would be the one, man. I I you know. Well, we've seen we've seen Anthony Joshua get upset many times, so he's never dominant all the time. You don't know. You just don't know with him. I think he'll win a decision, but uh, Otto Wallin's going to hold his own with him. He's been in there with a lot of tough fighters. Um, Joshua's big, but he's slowing down. He's getting older. And I don't know, man. I think Joshua should get a decision. If he wins, they're saying uh, Joshua versus Wilder in March March 9 or something, yeah. But we'll see. I mean, even Wilder. Wilder's 38 now. I mean, since yeah. Fury, he's only beat, he only beat up Robert Helena for that yeah. first round KO. So yeah. he hasn't really fought much in a couple of years. Well, neither so you never know with Parker. I mean... Don't forget, well, that, people are forgetting because Parker is Fury's sparring partner. Yeah. So Fury is definitely teaching him things. Um, he's Parker's already said that. I've learned some things about Wilder, and Wilder hits hard, and he probably will stop him. But he's thirty-eight years old. Yeah, he's and that fought, was brought up, and that, that was two years. Yeah, yeah, and that was brought up in their in their kind of face-to-face kind of meeting. And you know, Wilder basically said, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, you can tell him everything you need to know and this and that, and that's fine, man. But the reality is, you got to come into the ring and prove and show it, right? So I mean, it really kind of comes down to 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 the boxer as well. If you, you can get all the information, Wilder needs this win. Wilder needs to hit this win. He's getting older, and he wants the big payday with Joshua. Yeah, he needs to win this fight. Joshua needs to win this fight too. They're going to go way, way, well, way down. Well, there's a lot of pressure on them. But I'm honestly, I, you look at the three top card, three top fights on the card. Two, I can right away say, okay, this guy's going to win. And like Bivol by decision, Deontay by knockout. Joshua's up in the air. If Joshua wins, I think he's going to win by decision. I don't think he knocks him out. That's my prediction. Yeah. I hope Joseph Parker takes down uh, Wilder just, just to shake the card up, just a little bit oh. of excitement. You know, Wilder's a big complainer. He said everybody cheats when he loses and he's got all kinds of excuses. And so I would love to see, I don't think he will, but I'd love to see Parker, you know, beat him up. Hey, man, like I said, it's a beautiful thing. Let's see what we can get done there. It'd be fun. Um, Here's know, the thing about it is a lot of people are going to, stream this fight, you know, steal it on the boxes and stuff. But this fight, of all the pay-per-views that I've seen in the last two years, is the most reasonably priced pay-per-view fight. It's only $39.99. You have to be a subscriber to The Zone to get it, um, in Canada and North America at least. But $39.99 for three big fights is good. Because if you look at the Devin Haney fight, that was a dud of a fight. That was sixty about $60, and that only sold 50,000 pay-per-views. 50,000. Yeah. So yeah. Devin Haney's not a pay-per-view. Devin Haney's not a pay-per-view draw. Well, so, I mean, did, did you hear this one should this one should get a couple hundred thousand um a couple hundred thousand buys just because it's so reasonably priced for three big fights. Yeah, and so it's on a Saturday, Christmas weekend. A lot of people at home with families, this and that, something to throw on. Um, I guess the only well, during the day too that might hurt a little bit. Well, no, it's not that bad. If well, okay, it starts at eight a.m. here Pacific. 
That's early, right? man. But but here's the thing. That's just the early, early prelims, right? The actual I card, know. the actual card itself starts at probably 11 a.m. here, which is already one o'clock. Yeah. By the time you get to the three top fights, it's going to be 5 p.m. in the east. So the problem is, like, it doesn't feel the same when you're watching a pay per view at like one o'clock in the afternoon. Pay per views feel, you know, seven o'clock. It feels more natural. We're yeah. so used to that on the West Coast, right? But this should sell well. I mean, forty dollars for these three big fighters—that's that's damn reasonable. They did a great job of that. Yeah, it's just too bad that Saudi's so far away. Eh? Yeah, because this is like, these wonder... are something's going to happen here. I can't see all three favorites winning so easy. Something's going to happen. One of these fighters, whether it's Arthur or Walline or Parker, is going to upset the apple cart, and I hope one of them does. Just to shake it up, shake up I boxing think, a little bit. I, th- I really feel that Walline's going to shake. If I had to put money, I'm not a gambling man, you know this, but if I had to pick one of the three, I would say Walline might be the one to create some stir. Um, But not to yeah, stir that you... Right. you know, I'm just looking at it from that perspective. I just don't know, right? I mean, then again, Joseph Parker might just come out and, and give him one hand shot. Who knows, right? Who, who knows? Who knows? Um, you know... But yeah, there we go. All right, brother man, I think we kind of covered everything there. But do you have anything on this day in boxing history? I do, I do. What do we got? The one and only David Tua on this David week Tua. in boxing history. What's that? David Tua. The one and only. He, uh, well, I won't call it upset, but he beat Hasim Rockman. Um, what happened is he hit him after, they say they hit him, he hit him after the ninth round, sort of a late hit, but he didn't come out for the tenth. Anyways. He won the IBF title off uh, Hasim Rockman um, this week in boxing history in 1998. Um, David Tua is tough, man. Those Samoans are tough. He hits hard. He's strong. He's thick. And he just smashed Rockman. I mean, it was controversial a little bit. I think he Hasim was dumb, but they say it was a controversial win because it was right in the bell when he just gave that big shot and then he was done, you know. So if you play it yeah, back and take know. a look, was this like, I mean, you can tell if the bell had already rang and he was in mid swing. You can't really stop your swing. Right. I mean, yeah, it's debatable. Right. I thought it was okay. I mean, I think he would have won regardless, but um, it's always a little bit of controversy over that. So, well, people want to find something, right? They always find something. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, how about Canadian history? Anything? Or is it quite, I do, I do, but I'm going to, I'm going to do it a little bit differently. Instead of giving us an old boxer and stuff like that, I'm going to promote something this February 16th. There is going to be MMA and a boxing show at Fraser Hall. Jerry Gianco show. He asked me to uh, to bring that up. So February 16th at Fraser Hall in Vancouver. Uh, MMA, some pro boxing, some pro MMA, little, some amateurs too. Uh, great night of fights. So if you want tickets or anything, let me know or him know and we will get you in. 100%. So it's a little Canadian what, boxing history. I do a little current Canadian. Uh, no, no, absolutely, man. History. And I tell you what, uh, as we get close to the show, we'll promote it more and get, you know, make sure we, we get people out there hearing about this and, uh, yeah, mm. put it out there for everyone. All right, brother, man, I tell you what, let's wrap this baby up. It is Christmas Eve weekend, my friend. So any plans with the family? Nice and quiet. I'll do watch some boxing. Um, just put lots of football on, and uh, my kids got some hockey on Saturday. So yeah, just stuff like that. Awesome, awesome, brother. All right, brother Matt, I'm pretty much in the same place as you are. Just family hanging out and just chilling, sort of a deal. A little bit of work here and there. But guys and girls, as we end this last episode of Boxing Before Christmas, just remember if you guys are going out and having a good time, do what you got to do. But just find a safe way home. That's it. Plain and simple. Yeah, Find us if we home because next week we have our year in review shows. 
So yeah, we want you guys to be there. Make sure you're there for those episodes so you can hear what we think and tell us if we're right or wrong. So on that note, I'm Bobby Sampson. He is Mr. Chance Michaels. And in the words of the great ACDC, those that download, like, and subscribe to the podcast, we salute you. We do salute you, and we salute you all for letting us into your years. So, guys, have a great weekend. Have a very, very Merry Christmas. And we'll touch base before the end of this year. Sam and Chance out.